Praise the Lord. This is Jacob Lovelace with The Promise Church, and we want to welcome you to our new podcast, Messages from the Promise. We want you to be blessed by the word of the Lord that's shared here each week at The Promise Apostolic Church. Hope these words richly bless you. God bless. This is my first opportunity to get to preach in this brand new sanctuary. I thank God for the opportunity. Would you be patient with me tonight? I, I have spent some time with the Lord this week, and I believe that the Lord has given me a message. What a, what a year 2020 has been so far. What a year. Something to remember. That's for sure. We don't even really know what the future holds. We don't know what the next months or the fall holds, but it's been something to remember. But the last month that we've been able to be here together to have church, it's been amazing. The preaching has been spectacular. The unity the excitement that all of you have displayed, the praise and the worship. Don't you appreciate Sister Sherry and these musicians, Brother Ben, this praise team? Where would we be without them leading us in worship? It just feels like everything is on an upward trajectory, and we're very thankful for that. How many times did we stand in the old sanctuary and talk about this day? Brother Gary, this is what we've been dreaming of. What we've been talking about, what we've been working for, what we've been giving as far as this building is concerned. We're here. We're here. And what God has for this church moving forward is going to be directly impacted to all of us, our spiritual lives. Our lives need to be on an upward trajectory for the Lord, for God to be able to fulfill everything He wants to do in this church. Through all the things that we faced, Sister Lovelace having cancer and the COVID-19 outbreak and all the things that we have had to deal with, the one thing that we know for sure is that God is in control. And he has our very best interests at heart. There's no doubt about that. And you know, in prayer this week, I couldn't help but feel in my spirit that the Lord, over the last month, I've thought back about, I've been told by so many people just in conversation about Brother Lovelace's preaching. It's just seemed like I have been told that it's like you're on another level, and I thank God for that. The preaching that's gone on here, the what a great service we had last week in dedicating this beautiful building for the Mark McCool, for the Jeff Moses, and Brother Red. But I believe that the Lord is just giving us a glimpse into what He has imaginatively designed for this church. I mean, we're in the will of God. We're in the will of God. I want to give honor to Pastor and Sister Lovelace today. I appreciate them so very much. I appreciate him sharing this pulpit. I, uh, I want to give honor to each and every one of the men of God. Many of you are sitting out in the auditorium, but I feel very least among every single one of them, and I respect them highly. I love and appreciate my wife today. And I'm going to tell you something. If you want someone to fast with you and pray with you and get a hold of God, she's your girl. She's your girl. I appreciate my boys today. I appreciate what God has done. Uh, Sister Christy is here today. She works at uh, Preston Place. And she, uh, along with many other great people, are helping take care of my mother. And uh, I ask you humbly to add my mother to your prayer list. This has been tough on her, as Christy well knows, and everyone at, at facilities that are being assisted in their 
day-to-day function. Uh, I ask you to add my mother to your prayer list. Um, Sister Sherry, Brother Ben, will you help me sing an old chorus? Uh, Heaven sounded sweeter. Heaven's sounding sweeter all the time. It seems like lately it's always on my mind. Someday I'm going to leave this world behind. Heaven's sounding sweeter all the time. If you know it, sing it, sing it with us. Heaven's sounding sweeter. It's always on my mind. And someday we're all going to leave this world behind. Oh, yes, we are. Heaven's sounding Would you lift your hands and just love, love the Lord that prepared that for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, sing it. Praise God. <laughs> Let's have a congregational choir. It's always on my mind. I'm going to leave this world behind. Heaven sounding sweeter all the time. All right. Let's see what the Lord has for us tonight. We're going to look in the book of Romans. In the first chapter, we're going to look at some things that, actually just one verse here that the Apostle Paul wrote, but I want you to watch very closely. If you are going to be looking at the screen, I want you to watch very closely to what the Apostle Paul writes here. Romans chapter 1, verse number 20. For the invisible things of him... From the creation of the world are clearly seen. Now I'm going to stop right there and tell you that was 15 words. It's some of the most powerful words in your Bible. Let's look at it again. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Being understood... By the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead. My, my. So that they are without excuse. The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen and they are understood by the things that are made. We could really just go home right there. I could just say, praise God, let's go and be blessed. Unbelievable scripture. We're going to read a companion scripture. It's going to be found in the book of Job. We're going to see some things that Job penned. Job chapter 26. 
Here are some things that God made, some things that God did from creation that reveal and that display His invisible things. Job chapter 26, let's look at verse number 7. He stretcheth out the north over the empty place. Brother Jason, wow. Emptiness. He just stretched out north. And hangeth the earth upon nothing. Now I want to ask you something. How in the world did Job ever even know that? Without God revealing that to him. How did he know that? He bindeth up the waters in his thick clouds... And the cloud is not rent under them. So appropriate, just a few moments ago, pastor said, Brother Ben, let's sing the master of the wind. Job said he's able to bind up the waters and the clouds are not rent. Let me, let me give you a statistic. Scientists estimate that one inch of rain falling over one square mile equals 17.4 million gallons of water. That much water would weigh 143 million pounds. God binds up the water in the clouds. Man, I'm feeling His presence here tonight. He binds up the water and just one inch of rainfall over one square mile is 143 million pounds. The invisible things of God are clearly seen. You, know, you want me to tell you something? God is strong. The God that you serve tonight is strong. And when you look at a thundercloud that is black, I want you to always think back and remember that God is strong. He holdeth back the face of His throne and He spreadeth His cloud upon it. He hath compassed the waters with bounds until the day and the night come to an end. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at His reproof. He divideth the sea with His power, and by His understanding He smiteth through the proud. By His Spirit He hath garnished the heavens. Semicolon. How in the world could you make a statement like that and it not even be a complete sentence? By His Spirit He hath garnished the heavens. Semicolon. And His hand hath formed the crooked serpent. We're talking about God building, speaking the universe into existence and it just, God is so awesome and amazing it just required a semicolon. Lo, these are parts of His ways. But how little, how little a portion is heard of Him but the thunder of His power who can understand. Real quickly, that first verse I read you again, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I want to preach to you a question tonight, just four words. Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. We're so thankful, God, that you have blessed us and given us the ability to gather here tonight. The many different levels of spirituality in this building. And God, I pray that as we begin to partake of your word, as we begin to eat your word tonight, I ask you, God, let there be no anorexics spiritually tonight. Let there no be be no spiritual bulimics in this building tonight, but let us take in the Word of God and let it change us. Let it become who we are on a spiritual level. Hide us in your Word tonight, God. 
anoint this congregation, anoint every single one of us. Do everything that you want to do in this house tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. As you're being seated, would you clap for the Lord one more time? <laughs> Hallelujah. David was quite a biblical personality. He was brave. He was talented. He was handsome. He was a writer. He was a songwriter. He was a musician. And he was a warrior. Women sang this song about David. They said, David hath killed his ten thousands. David, as a warrior, walked through blood-soaked killing fields, and he lived to tell it. He lived to talk about it. He's one of my favorite characters to study. And it was probably on a very crystal clear, starry night that David penned the words that he wrote in Psalm chapter number 19. And I sometimes wonder at what point was it in David's life that he wrote these words. Was it when he was watching over his father's sheep and he was a shepherd boy spending a lot of time out under the stars by himself? Or was it when he was a giant killer that he penned those words? Or maybe he was a bear and a lion killer when he wrote it. Maybe he was a warrior on a battlefield or maybe he was an older man approaching death when he wrote the words that we find in Psalms chapter 19. Either way, the psalmist penned these beautiful words. The heavens declare the glory of God. The Hebrew word declare means to inscribe to enumerate, to recount, or to celebrate. David said, the heavens celebrate. The heavens enumerate the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. The firmament. This word showeth in the Hebrew means to announce. And it means always in person, face to face. It means to expose, predict, or to praise. So the firmament that you look up and you see in the sky is speaking to you face to face and describing to you God's handiwork. God is a handy God. He can fix anything. He can do anything. God is a handy God. And every time you look up, creation is telling you that. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. David is unpacking this verse here, what's going on. He unpacks that creation is daily revealing. Creation is showing the world. Creation is pulling back the curtain, explaining to us in great detail. On every square inch of this planet, the glory of God. Paul said it's clearly seen. Obviously seen. Incontrovertibly seen. When you look around you, creation is telling you about the glory of God. The whole world right now is experiencing a continuous barrage, a curtain of fire, if you will, of the revelation, hallelujah, of the glory of God. An unending waterfall of explanation. Face-to-face -face creation talks to us today. And then... We have old Satan, the carnival barker, fully aware of the glory of God, fully aware of the glory of God. But what does Satan do? He's always trying to sell the world on a skewed misrepresentation of God's glory. 
what humanity is clearly observing and plainly seeing. He tries to rename it. Let's call creation evolution. He tries to mask it. He tries to dilute it. He tries to redefine it and reformulate it. But he's fully aware of the glory of God. But he's trying to sell the world on some skewed misrepresentation of God's glory. But it's clearly seen. But perhaps for Satan, the better than blurring reality, Satan's newest tactic is to distract from reality. That's his new tactic. Here, Satan says, here's you and augmented reality. Here, here is, better yet, a virtual alternative reality. He says, you know, with a sinister articulation, reality, Satan says, is in the palm of your hand. Just keep looking down. That's Satan's words. Just keep looking down. I want to distract you from reality, but creation is screaming from the heavens the glory of God. So everyone, everyone who has ever lived, ever, has been already magnificently introduced to God and His glory. But here, here's the rub. This universal or public introduction of God cannot, will not, can never reveal redemption and salvation. There has to be a much deeper revelation. Sometimes, Brother David, I think about Nineveh. You know, somewhere in Nineveh, someone, whether it was a grandmother, whether it was a teenage boy or some middle-aged parent, they had evidently just watched enough thunderstorms in their life. They had looked up into the starry sky just enough to realize that there was a God that they did not understand and that they did not know. And they began to pray to the God that they did not know. And here God, here God sends a man by way of a great fish through Jonah's own reluctance. God sent a man to deeper explain and reveal his revelation of who he was. Creation was shaken over top of Nineveh every night, but it took a woman or it took a teenager to begin to call out to a God that they did not know. And the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 29 and 13, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. So no matter where you are or who you are, if you begin to seek the God that you do not know, he will some way Somehow, he will reveal himself to you in a deeper way. He will reveal himself somehow. Some way, he's going to do it. You see, creation's daily revelation of God. Every single day, creation's revelation of God only displays his talent. It only displays his wisdom and his holiness. It only celebrates his creative design and his perfect order. Creation only louds his power and his unmatched imagination. But creation's declaration can never bring a man or a woman to a complete revelation of who God is because that revelation is reserved only for a man of God. That's exactly why you have a situation to take place like happened for Pastor Lovelace this past week when a great man, great friend, professional fisherman how many lakes has he went up and down and looked at the creation of God? How many times has he looked and, and enjoyed the beauty? But you know what he did? He called Pastor Lovelace and said, I want to go fishing. And while they were out there on that 
fishing bank. He said, I've brought you here for another reason. He said, I want you to baptize me on this riverbank in the name of Jesus Christ. Creation could not do that for him. It took a man of God. Creation, creation declared there is a God. He's a mighty God. But God reserves that for a man of God to reveal himself in the way of salvation and in the way of redemption. Everybody, everywhere is getting introduced to God on a daily basis. Romans chapter 10 verse 14 says, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Simple guys like me. Simple guys like the preachers in your church. Simple guys like you and me. God chose the foolishness of preaching. Right now I want to take just a few moments, if you will allow me to. I want us to look a little deeper at creation's declaration. Job wrote these words in Job chapter 28. He said, God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. For he looketh to the ends of the earth, and he seeth under the whole heaven. Look at this. To make the weight for the winds... Let me just pause right there. Did anybody here even know that wind had a weight? Well, it it, it does. It's called air pressure. It's called air pressure. And I want to read something to you here. Anything with mass has weight. And we know air has mass because we feel it when the wind blows. When the wind blows, the total weight of the atmosphere exerts a pressure of about 14.7 pounds per square inch at sea level. That's air pressure. That's what that scripture is talking about. He made the weight for the winds. We sang just a little while ago, I know the master of the wind because he can speak to the wind and calm it down. I bet you didn't really realize, did you, that he sat down like an architect and he drew out how much the wind was supposed to weigh. And he weigheth the waters by measure. He made a decree for the rain. A decree is an official order by legal authority. I made a decree (laughs) for the rain. (laughs) And a way for the lightning of the thunder. Then did he see it and declare it. He prepared it. Yea, and searched it out. Look at that. God saw it. He declared it. He prepared it. And he searched it all out. Verse 26. We've already seen it. He decreed a way for the lightning of the thunder. Job was describing here what David had watched so many times before. And it just kept popping up in David's writings. He would talk about the thunderstorms. They just kept popping up. Psalms chapter 18, verse 13. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Psalm 29 and 3. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. Psalm 77 and 18, the voice of thy thunder was in the heavens. The lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. Then David, the pre-Exodus historian, says in Psalms chapter 78, Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand nor the day when he delivered them from their enemy. How he wrought his signs in Egypt 
and his wonders in the field of Zoan. Zoan, the field of Zoan is the place where Moses and Pharaoh stood and Moses by the hand of God wrought miracles in front of him and tried to persuade him to let God's people go. David said he showed, uh, he wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan. And he turned their rivers into blood and their floods that they could not drink. He sent divers sorts of flies among them which devoured them and frogs which destroyed them. He gave also their increase unto the caterpillar and their labor unto the locust. He destroyed their vines with hail, H-A-I-L, and their sycamore trees with frost. He gave up their cattle also to the hail and their flocks to hot thunderbolts. The power and the glory of the God that you serve tonight was on full display in pre-Exodus Egypt. Pharaoh saw it, Moses saw it, the Hebrews saw it, and the Egyptians saw it. Some of them wanted a closer relationship with God. Some of them obeyed the voice of God. Others did not. But David said that God destroyed the Egyptian flocks of sheep with, what did he say? Hot thunderbolts. I want you to watch this little 10-second video right here. How hot is a lightning bolt? Well, you could simply Google it and find out that a lightning bolt is 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit. One lightning bolt. Well, Brother Mike, how hot is that? Well, let's compare it to something. Let's compare it to the surface of the sun. The surface of the sun, if you Google that right now, you'll find that the surface is 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Brother Shane, a lightning bolt coming out of the sky is five times hotter than the surface of the sun. How did David even know that? But he called it a hot thunderbolt. I'm going to ask you something. Can you see it? Can you see the glory of God? In every way, in every way, a thunderstorm is magnifying God's greatness and His glory and His incalculable power. Every time it begins to rain. Last Saturday, my family were on our way back from South Carolina and we got just to the foot of Saluda Mountain. We saw it coming in the distance. Man, it was black on Saluda Mountain. And we got into a rain and a hailstorm that I have never seen anything like it. The traffic had to stop in the middle of Interstate 26 because I and we could not even see to get off the road. And the hailstones just beat my truck. You know what I was seeing right then? I was seeing the glory of God. Heavens were declaring unto me. And to everyone that could not even see Brother Denver to get off the road that God is glorious. Just one lightning bolt. Just one. Possesses approximately one billion volts of electricity. That if it's converted into kilowatt hours of power. We got some AEP guys here. If it's turned into kilowatt hours of power, that's a thousand billion kilowatt hours. Well, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? What does one lightning bolt is equivalent to a thousand billion kilowatt hours? What does that mean? The average house uses about 1,000 kilowatt hours of power, give or take, in a month. One electrical storm. One electrical lightning storm, just one, has enough electrical power 
to light every single house on planet Earth for a solid month. One electrical storm, just one storm. But like the late night infomercial, but wait, there's more. At any given moment of time, there are approximately 2,000 thunderstorms, 2,000 electrical storms somewhere on planet Earth. Right now, right now, Brother Dustin, there are 2,000 lightning storms happening around the world declaring the glory of God. And if you could convert that power, 2,000 lightning storms right now, if you could convert that into kilowatt hours of power, there's enough power right now on this planet from God to light every house on this planet for over 166 years. Right now, in the thunderstorms that are going on. What am I telling you tonight? Would you please hear me when I tell you there is no shortage of power with the God that you serve tonight? There is no shortage of power. There is no shortage of power. The invisible things of God are clearly seen by the things that are made. Every time you're driving down the road and you see a lightning bolt strike, just know that you serve a mighty God and heaven is just declaring to you His greatness. Can you see it? Brother Roger, can you see it? God, this powerful God is close to you right now. He's close. He's very close. We used to sing a song that said he's as close as the mention of his name. He's here right now. I want to read to you Paul's explanation of just how close God is. Paul was preaching to the Athenians on Mars Hill. Some of us have been to that very spot. These people were worshiping the elements. They were worshiping the sun. They were worshiping the ocean. They were worshiping the rain, moon, stars, anything they could think of they were trying to worship. <clears throat> and Paul said to them in Acts chapter 27, verse 24, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with, hand, with men's hands as though he needed anything, <laughs> seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. God is close. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. God is close. Verse 27, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him <laughs> we live and move and have our being. What you feel right now is him. He is right here, right now. And every one of you feel it and every one of you know it. The Athenians were having the glory of God declared to them every single day. They were worshiping every piece of it that they could think of, but it took a man of God to get them a deeper revelation of the redemption and the salvation of God. That is reserved only for a man of God to bring you to the place of salvation. Hmm. 
You know, any time, any time that you approach someone and begin to talk to them about the Lord, at the very best, you're going to be the second introduction. That's right, because you're never going to be the first. Because creation has already done that. The two scriptures that led up to our text in Romans, Paul said, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God hath showed it unto them. He's already showed it to us. But it's going to be my responsibility, Sister Chrissy, and your responsibility and all of our responsibilities to take what they already know, what God has already declared to them, and show them a deeper revelation so that they can experience God in the way of salvation. I read to you that David said, speech daily pours out from the heavens. Every tongue hears it. Every tribe, every culture, every nation, every island, and every borough, and every village daily, the heavens are screaming out, there is an eternal, mighty God, which this same humanity, for the most part, totally and completely ignores Him. At the same time, while at the same time there are people that are looking out there to see if there's life anywhere out there beyond planet Earth. It's a paradox. There are people that spend their life looking through telescopes trying to determine, is there life beyond the Earth? And God is screaming from the heavens, here I am! There, there is a nonprofit. Scientific Research Institution in California whose sole purpose is to look for other life in the universe. Allow me to read from their website. It's called the SETI Institute. The mission of the SETI Institute is to explore, understand, and explain the origin and nature of life in the universe and the evolution of intelligence. What is life? How does it begin? Are we alone? These are some of the questions we ask in our quest to learn about and share the wonders of the universe. One final thing. At the SETI Institute, we have a passion for discovery and for passing knowledge along as scientific ambassadors. They are basically on a daily basis saying, is anyone out there, out there, out there? And God is roaring from the heavens. I'm here. The heavens declare the glory of God. Let me ask you a question. What is the glory of God? We're not going to have a classroom participation here, but what is the glory of God? Can, when you try to think about what, how you might define the glory of God, the heavens are declaring the glory of God. What is it? Is it bright lights? Is it sunbeams? Is it celestial radiance? What is it? Hebrews chapter 1 tells us. Watch this very closely. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. What's his name? What's the name of the Son? Jesus. God in these last time, days hath spoken unto us by Jesus, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Look here. Who being the brightness of his glory... You want to know what the glory of God is? The glory of God is Jesus Christ. He is the glory of God. 
Every time it thunders, every time it snows, every time it rains, every time the stars come out at night, the heavens are declaring Jesus Christ is Lord. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself, oh, thank God, Jesus, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Thank God today that you as an apostolic understand by the things that are made that the glory of God is your Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm so glad I know who Jesus is. As Brother Larry Ragsdale so often likes to quote, I'm glad I know who the heavens are declaring every day and every night. As, as a human being, as a human being with a finite brain, you really don't even have the ability to understand what God is trying to reveal to us tonight. God is trying to reveal things on levels to us by His Spirit that every time the stars roar, the comets speed past, the powerful storms, the oceans, the snowflakes, the deer, the electric eels, and the lions, every one of them are declaring unto you Jesus Christ. And it takes a service just like this for you to understand deeper that you need to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost for salvation and redemption. Are you okay? Everybody okay? Colossians chapter number one. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Thank God. And hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Who's his son? What's his son's name? In whom we have redemption. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> An invisible God. An invisible God looked down to this planet that he had created. He looked down to people who were separated from him by sin. And he made something. He made a body. He created a body so that by that body, he might come to where we were. What is the glory of God? Listen, listen. Where does that leave us tonight? Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single person who has ever lived has sinned and we are short of Jesus. We cannot reach Jesus. We cannot reach. You could not reach to where he was. It took a God that loved you, that manifests the invisible self into a visible self. And it was Jesus who came to this planet. And it was Jesus who died on a cross. And it was Jesus that purged our sin. And it was Jesus that rectified the problem through the power of his cross. You could not reach high enough to reach him. Everyone had sinned and come short of the glory of God. The glory of God is Jesus. Everyone has sinned and could not reach him. 
You could not touch him. Reconciliation on our part was absolutely, positively impossible. So what did he do? He made peace through his blood on the cross. By himself, he purged our sins. That piece of the story, Brother Dustin, creation cannot tell you. Creation can only declare to you, Jesus. It takes a service just like this and a message just like this to explain to us on a deeper level who Jesus is, what he did, and what it takes to get ourselves back in the good graces of him. I think by now, as I wind down this message, you understand that there is no shortage of power with God. Sister Christy, Sister Sonia, can I declare unto you both today, there is no shortage when it comes to the power of God. In case they're watching today, the Wilder family, and Alex and Lindsay proper, there is no shortage of power with God. We, the promised apostolic church, are the ambassadors of Jesus to do our part in sharing the apostolic revelation of repentance, the death, baptism, the burial, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It takes that. For those of you that have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, let me say to you tonight that God right here, right now, tonight will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost if you will receive it. Can I tell you, can I tell you that he wants to give you the Holy Ghost far more than you want to receive it? Did you know that? If I told you that Jesus was dying to fill you with the Holy Ghost, nope, nope, that's not right, is it? He's not dying to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He died to fill you with the Holy Ghost. You didn't die to receive it, but he loves you so much. He wants to fill you with his spirit so much. He died so that he could. And as, as a church and as a body of believers, we aren't running short on resources. We aren't uh, trying to figure out what to do next. Brother Jason, can you see it? Where's old Hagen? Is Hagen here tonight? Hagen, can you see it, son? Can you see it? I want everybody in this building to know that we are protected by the armor of God and we are armed with the sword of the Spirit. I want to tell this church tonight that we are guarded and protected by angelic beings in chariots of fire. Can I tell you that? The word of God that I have preached to you tonight is illuminating the darkness. Creation every day and every night is proving a spectacular light show declaring that Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Stand, stand with me. Did you know that Brother Dustin back there has a degree in marketing? Brother Dustin, did you know that creation is marketing Jesus? Amen. Amen. They are marketing Jesus. We're enjoying that kind of marketing like no one has ever seen before. So we hold tonight in our hearts some very precious promises. Isaiah chapter 41. Fear thou not. Everybody shut your eyes. Everybody shut your eyes. You don't need to read it. Let me read it to you. I want to talk to you now. God said, fear thou not. For I 
am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. (laughs) Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. It's no wonder, it's no wonder that you have made it through 100% of your most challenging days. It's no wonder. He's right here. He's right here. He said, I'm with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to uphold you. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's no wonder that not one single one of us in this building tonight are ready to throw in the towel and call it quits. Not one single person under the sound of my voice is saying I'm about ready to give it up. You know why? Because you're going to wait on the Lord and He's going to renew your strength. You're going to run and not be weary. The old song they used to sing says, I'm in no ways tired. I'm in no ways tired. Tonight, I feel like traveling on. I feel like traveling on. After all these years, Brother Lovelace, after all these years, I want you to know I still feel like running. I still feel like running. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. It's no wonder that I have never felt alone since I started walking with the Lord. I have never felt alone. Every river that I've ever crossed, He crossed it with me. Every valley I've ever walked through, He walked through with me. Every mountain that I've ever had to climb, he's been ahead of me, reaching back to where I was, saying, come on, you can make it. He said, I'm going to be there. It's no wonder that cancer could not beat you, Sister Lovelace. It's no wonder, Brother Lovelace, that cancer could not beat you because God said, the flame shall not kindle upon thee. It is the joy of my life to declare unto you this is Jesus. There's just something about that name. Mama, there's just something about that name. If the stars could talk they would tell you to love Jesus. If the rain could speak English, it would tell you to worship Jesus. There's just something about that name. There's power in that name. There's victory in that name. There's healing in that name. Everything that you need and that you're looking for is in the name of Jesus. Can you see it? Brother Ben and the singers are going to sing the bridge to this song because holiness has a name. The Word has a name, and it's Jesus. As they begin to sing this song, I'd like for this church those of you that can and will and are willing to, and if we need to spread out, we'll do it. But I'd like for as many of you as would come up here tonight and worship God. If you want the Holy Ghost, would you get someone's attention? We'll come and pray with you to receive the Holy Ghost. I want you to start making your way right now as Brother Christian begins to sing. Holiness has a name, and it's Jesus. 
Thank you for joining our podcast. We want to invite you to our church Wednesdays at 7 o'clock, Sunday afternoons at 345. We want to say thank you for joining us and also tune in next time for our podcast, Messages from the Promise.